All right, guys, what's going on? Coach JC here, and you are listening or watching the Win All Day podcast show. And I am super stoked. Guys, in the house today, and I'm going to introduce him in just a minute, we have the modern day Wizard of Oz, baby, joining us today on the Win All Day show. But before we do get there, if you are a frequent listener or guest or, or visitor of our show, then you know that we kick every show off with what we call our win all day winning confession. Now, if it's your first time, don't get scared. Don't tune us out. I just need you to repeat after me. Here we go. Today is my day. Nothing will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am fearless. I choose faith. I was born a winner. I will win and win all day. Man, there you go. Once again, I want to welcome you to the Win All Day podcast show. And now it is time for me to intro our guest. You guys are going to absolutely love this guy. We have today with us on the Win All Day show, Mr. Steve Sims, CEO of thebluefish.com, author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. Steve is a recognizable author and speaker, talks on success, relationships, and making the impossible possible. He is known by Forbes magazine. Forbes said this, not me, that Steve is the modern day Wizard of Oz. So win all day, family, I would like you to welcome with me CEO and founder of the Blue Fish, Mr. Steve Sims. Steve, what's going on, my man? <laughs> I absolutely love the confession. I, I love that mantra. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. By far, you just won the certificate for the best intro ever. Congrats, yes. pal. Man, I'm, I'm super excited you love that, man. And we're, <laughs> Steve, it's funny. You know, it's, and I can't wait for the guests to hear about you and who you are and what you're doing. It's absolutely amazing. I'm intrigued by it. I've been following you on digital social media, and I just love your stuff. But here's what I want to do really quick, because we haven't got to connect that well. And some of the guests listening, they might not understand where that mantra came from. So just 30 seconds before we get into you, and I'm gonna, you're going to steal the show, man. This is gonna, all going to be about you. Man, that mantra is actually on the back of this shirt. You can see it there. It's, it's starting. I see. Yeah, it started, Stephen. I'm going to send you one of these. I'm going to send you one of these. I'm going to wear this, it. This mantra started when I threw away my story. And my story was I was going to play basketball. A lot of the listeners and, and viewers might know that. I was going to play basketball at the college level and professional. And I was going to rescue my family from the poverty-stricken life. But at that time, I made one decision that ended me up over $400,000 in debt suicidal, face down in a fight of my life to be a father. And it was at that moment that I, I read a book, Tony Robbins book. And he said in a book, the meaning of anything only has the meaning you choose to give it. I shifted the meaning of my entire situation. I created a new story. I created this coach JC guy. And when I say that I gave myself a new identity and I started to realize, what if you start to think like a winner every day? And I started to say, you're a winner, Coach JC. You can do all things. And I started to say this winning confession when I didn't believe one word of it. <laughs> I was thinking the total opposite. But my situation started to get better. And people used to hear me say all the time, no matter what the situation looked like, all day. Meaning I'm going to take care of business. Things are going to be okay no matter what it looks like. I'm not moved by what I see. And now it's become a recognizable worldwide brand where people are wearing this stuff and they're saying all day, baby, win all day. You can do all things. So I'm super excited that now I get to use my story to motivate and inspire people all over the world. And still now, years later, over 17 years later, I'm still sending that winning confession on every stage that I speak on and on every podcast because I know how it changed my life and I know that there's power in your words. Does that make sense? You know, it is, and it's a strange thing, and I'd like to, I always like to be face-to-face -to, -face to a man when I call him out, but I'm going to call that out as bullshit, right? And this is the element that I'm going to call out. I don't think you created Coach JC. I think you just revealed who you really were. Come on. Hey, you know what's crazy about that? What you just said is 100% true. And I, when you say I revealed who I really was, I knew who I was deep down inside, and I was, I was tormented and depressed because I wasn't being that guy. So yeah. you're right. I, I just brought that guy out, man. I, I reawakened that guy. You're well, I'm glad right. he came out, and I'm glad he's helping people. 
Steve, man, we're super stoked to have you. Enough about me. Man, we want to talk about you. And, and here's what I want to do. I, I gave you a little intro. Some of the guests hopefully know who you are. Some of them may not. Obviously, you weren't always known as the modern-day Wizard of Oz. So I would love for you just to take us back, man, and, and let us in the life of Steve Sims. Man, where'd you grow up? What are you about? How'd you arrive at where you are today, man? Wow. Um, well, I was uh, uh, an East London boy, uh, born into a, a, an Irish bricklaying family, left school at 15, bounced around the streets of London. Um, like every entrepreneur, you know, you can, you, you've all got these different endings and you can all quote famous people or favorite, favorite things and famous things you got involved in. But the story and journey of most entrepreneurs is pretty much similar. You bounce off of the walls until you're fit. And yeah. as a young lad, and as a, you know, I'm a big ugly fella. So, you know, I'm, I'm bouncing off the walls, getting into the wrong places, finding love and association in the wrong rooms, um, and just making mistakes. Um, not holding a job down, not because I couldn't hold the job, but it couldn't hold my attention. And as an entrepreneur, this, this disease I had of ADD, whatever you call it, didn't allow me to settle. And so I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And I would go. So my mum thought I was a lost cause. Um, and I just, I ended up working on the door again, God created me to be big and ugly. So that's the role I took, um, stood on the front door saying no a lot. And I just knew it wasn't for me. And again, like you, inside we know this isn't, this isn't us. This isn't the game we were designed to play. This isn't the person we're supposed to be. Um, and so I went out searching for it. Funny wow. enough, and this is where I lose all credibility, um, I, I, got, uh, I applied for a job as a trainee stockbroker. And I'm telling you, my CV, my resume that I submitted, was greater, greater for fiction and storytelling than any Harry Potter movie ever could have been. And they were transferring 160 new recruits from London to Hong Kong. And because of that number, I got swept through. And so borrowing my dad's suit, taking out all my earrings, covering my tattoos, I got a job as a trainee stockbroker. I landed in Hong Kong on the Saturday, got drunk on the Saturday, got drunk on the Sunday, uh, with all the boys, went to orientation on the Monday, was called into the office on the Tuesday, and fired. So <laughs> I had 24 hours wow. of a stockbroking job. But, you know, just, just like you, again, different, different places, different stories, but the same flow. Yeah. I'm now in Hong Kong going, well, look, you know, I've got two choices. I've now broken the, the, uh, the, the pattern. You know, as, as Tony says, pattern interrupt. I'm no longer kicking around with the people I did in London. I'm no longer uh, shackled to yeah. what they perceive is the life I should have. Wow. Now it's my time. Now wow. it's my design. And so I literally turned around and went, all right, how can I be responsible for my next story? And that was it. Wow. Wow, man. That's amazing. I appreciate you sharing that. First of all, um, we're seeing you on video right now. So the people that are listening on iTunes and they don't have the honor and the privilege to see you, you said a big, ugly guy, but man, you're, you're a good looking dude, man. Oh, God, so for those people on Apple, I look like Brad Pitt at the age of 22. That's so a I'm a very attractive man. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? No, no matter what you look like, the accent is sexy and beautiful. Everybody loves the accent. Come on. Apart from my wife, because she's British. It was, it was too late in my game that I realized that that kind of worked. And I met my wife when she was 16. So wow. she's probably the least impressed with my accent because she has one. <laughs> so how long have you been married? Oh, God, uh, uh, 40, um, 30 something years. You know, we, we actually, funny enough, we went to the first two schools together. Then she went to another school, and then we met up when, when she changed, you know, village. Um, so we met when we were 16, 17, and that was it. And I'm 53 now. Man, that's awesome. I love that, man. And I know you speak a lot on relationships. Let's, let's get right into the bluefish. I mean, yeah. obviously people see bluefish, they wonder, man, is that about fishing in the ocean or the sea? Or, so <laughs> let us in a world of what, how, how is the bluefish created and what does it really yeah. mean? So the bottom line of it is, again, the easiest job for me to get to earn some capital was to again, get back on a door. So I started working on the door in Hong Kong at some of the nightclubs. And I I'm a very primitive thinker, you know, one step at a time. I can never play chess because I can never think that far forward. So I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. The age old line of you are the five people you hang around with. Well, yeah. 
four of my mates are drunken bikers from, from London. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get wealthy there. I've got to get five Warren Buffetts or five Bill Gates or, you know, something like that. So on the door, I realized very, very early on that every relationship has to have value. If you look at all of your friends, they've got to bring something to the table. They may make wow. you smile. They may challenge you. They may educate you. Whatever. You know, they don't have to bring money, but it yeah. has to bring content. And if wow. there's no value in a relationship, then guess what? You don't have a relationship. Wow. And so I thought to myself, I've got to bring value to rich people to get them to talk to me because inevitably I'm going to ask them, why are you rich and why am I not? So mm. I wanted to get into that circle. So as a doorman, it started off, I knew where all the new nightclubs were. So when some of these regulars were coming over, I'd be like, yeah, JC, not tonight, pal. And, and they'd look at me like I'm kicking them out before they've even got in. And I'd be like, no, 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 I, no offense, but there's a new club just down the road. And I think you'd have a better time there tonight. So the old saying of, you know, they won't care till you show they care. I was focused on where they were spending the dollars and that, that night, that memory, their ex experience. And they would go there, but then the following night, they would come back and they'd go, where's good tonight? And I'd be able to say, tonight and here's good. And so it started off, I was giving them an excuse to communicate with me and to wow. bond with me. And I went from uh, telling them where the best clubs and parties were to throwing my own parties in Hong Kong and mansions, yachts, penthouses. I was doing it in Macau. So I was doing it with all the rich people because you, you, you don't get rich by selling something to a poor person. So my, my target market was, was people with money. And it was simple, 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks, all food and drinks included. And on Friday afternoon, um, I'm going to tell you where it is. So they would pay me. And then I would send them a fax. Bear in mind, this is the 90s, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd have one of my teams spending the next four hours bloody going, you know, that kind of rubbish. And yeah. they would fax it out. I remember when Hewlett-Packard came out with a, um, a machine that you could scan and then it would auto-fax. Oh, yeah. And we thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread because you didn't have to feed it through and punch the numbers in each time. Um, that was how advanced we were. Uh, but um, we used to send this invite, and it would say, um, you know, Marina Harbor, uh, lot 13, you're looking for this boat called, you know, you know, Sweet Lady or whatever, and the password. And here's the key. Wow. We would always give people a password because it was – it was a bit tongue-in-cheek. It showed humility. Mm. And it was part of the, as they, what they call now, the user experience. So we would say to people, right, tonight's password is you've got to name two of the Teletubbies. And we had, we had three different passwords. We weren't very original. It was name two of the Teletubbies. This one used to get people a lot. Name the lion out of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Now, bearing in mind, this was, this was the early 90s, 94. You couldn't exactly smartphone the answer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of, the, one of the things was finish this sentence, one fish, two fish, red fish. So people used to turn up. There'd be me and my fellow meathead on the gangplank of this yacht. The yacht behind us is going nuts. The music, the people, everyone's having a good time. We'd have these cars dropping people off. And these guys would come up to us and they'd lean in and they'd go, tinky winky poe. And we'd be like, in you go. And we had this fun, but then people would come. And as I say, the, the lion was a good one because no one could get it. The lion, by the way, is called Aslan. Okay. Aslan. But people would walk up and they'd be like, I don't know. Is it Roger? And we'd be like, of course it's not bloody Roger, but go on in. We were just looking for people to have that humility, that <laughs> fun, you know? But then you'd awesome. get those people turn up to the door and they'd be like, I'm here for the party. And bear in mind, there's an exposed yacht behind me just going nuts. And I'd look at my mate and I'd be like, oh, there's no party here. You know, are you sure you're in the right place? And go, yeah, I'm here for that party. Wow. And I'd look at my mate and I'd be like, Colin, do you know a party? No, I don't. I think there's one just down the road. And we would blank them. And of course, everyone behind them would find this funny. But we were eliminating the issues at the front door. We were eliminating the problem children, the arrogance, the ego, right at the front door. So yeah, then the yeah, next yeah. people would turn up. And as I say, they would lean in and they'd go, bluefish. And we'd be like, go on in, have a good time. And it's funny, as it started growing, wow. my focus was to build up a contact list of the wealthiest people that existed. 
Mm. with the idea that if they saw how good I was with attention to detail, how I showed I cared, how I brought value to a communication and a relationship, they would offer me a job. Do you know, it was the funniest thing. It was the only time in my life that I never actually asked for something. I was waiting for them to come to me. Wow. And over a period of time and like 20 different parties, and these parties were getting bigger and bigger and more elaborate. And I was getting, you know, celebrities and expatriates and all this kind of stuff. Then what happened is people started contacting us because they wanted us to throw their wedding party, their product launch, their, um, their anniversary party. And they would contact us and they'd be like, hey, are you that Bluefish company? Wow. And of course, we had no idea what they were talking about because we, we, never, we couldn't understand or, or, or relate the fact that it was the link um, to the, uh, the password. So I remember wow. the first few calls, I was like, uh, no. Because I was just Steve Sims, you know, the man that can. Um, yeah. And then so one of my girls in the office, she said, what was that? I went, I don't know, someone asked for a Bluefish company. She went, that's you. I said, what do you mean? She went, the password, you know, that, 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 that password that we use? We were like, damn, yeah. So then they started calling us and uh, we would go, yeah, we are. And of course, we got this. It, it could have been worse. We could have been called Aslan or Tinky Winky Poe, but they picked on the Bluefish one. And from there, we became the Bluefish Company. Um, and what really excited and what really kind of made me go, whoa. The, one of the, you know, there's loads of those aha moments. Absolutely. It was when people started contacting us going, hey, Steve, you know, I went to an event the other day and I bluefished the hell out of it. Or I was a bluefish. We had turned something that was nothing into a, to a powerful adjective. Someone was actually using it as an attitude. And people would send us picture going, hey, I could have thrown my daughter's birthday party and she would have loved it. But I decided to bluefish that baby. And I had elephants come in and I had this. We were like, wow, this, this isn't an attitude. So without realizing it, we created a, a, a mindset. And that's how the whole bluefish, bluefishers, bluefishing came about. Wow, man, that's an intriguing story. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I think you said some powerful things. And I, and I want to just, before we move on, I mean, because you've now been able to connect, Steve. And I know you're not name dropping and you haven't said a lot of names, but with anybody and almost everybody that's a big time name that people will know you've connected with you've you've spoke on stages as big as harvard uh you've been out speaking at the pentagon um i mean i saw forbes magazine I, I was looking at over 60 ivy league publications have featured you and and your movement and what you're doing um and i i think the greatest thing that everybody i've spoken to that knows you is they love how authentic you are Ooh. and you and, just lost me there, but carry on. And, and, and I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means more than, more than this. When you're authentic to who you are, right, it's, is it easier to build relationships? Because you're building relationships and you're rubbing shoulders with some of the most influential people in the world because you're bringing value. But people, have, people like you too. People like you. Is that because I, you're authentic or what? You're just true to who you are? Okay, so that, a couple of things. I hate the word authentic. Okay. It's a, it's a marketing word. Now it's like me. The, the thing about calling me and you authentic is it's the fact that we're realizing that so many people are not. And so it's, it's, it, it bothers me that when we revere someone for being it and we award them the tag of being authentic, that the rest of the people in the planet, we just settle in as non-authentic. The way that I think I've done really well is because I think I'm transparent. That's a You're better word. Me. I love it. Yeah, I don't think there's, I, I know for a fact that there's people out there that maybe don't love me, okay? Um, maybe don't like me, but they sure as hell understand me and they acknowledge me. And if I go forward and I go, hey, all right, so you're looking to do this right, I'll get it done for you. It'll be there by two o'clock on Tuesday. They know it's going to be there at two o'clock on Tuesday because there's no fluff. What they see is what they get. And I'm more interested in them getting exactly what they wanted, but what they don't realize is I'm going to give them what they needed and desired. See, I've never failed at getting anything for anyone. Just to you know, maybe kind of like hook the listeners in a bit more, I'll give you a few of my highlights. I've sent yeah. people down to the Titanic. I've got them married in the Vatican by the Pope. Um, I've closed down museums in Florence for a table of six at the feet of Michelangelo's David and then had Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade them while they're eating that pasta. <laughs> 
I've had drum lessons by Guns N' Roses, guitar lessons by ZZ Top. I had a client that wanted to meet the rock band Journey. I said, sod that. I stuck him on stage and he sang four tunes in front of a packed out arena in San Diego. I've worked for not only the richest, most powerful people in the world, but the richer and unknown that own countries. Mm. I've always said that I was a big deal to maybe 1% of the world. Um, and I was unknown until my book came out. Um, but that's the kind of stuff I do. And I think it's because I don't fluff it. I don't yeah. try to color it. I don't try to tell people, hey, I'm more intelligent than me. I'm, I, 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 I can do that. If I can't do it, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do that. But I'm going to find the best person that can. Wow. And so I have trust, I have credibility, and I have transparency. Wow, I love it. So I think a better word is the transparency and yeah. the real the realness. I think you said some things that are important there. People want to build relationships and, and you speak on this, but they're not true to who they are. They're not real. And you said something powerful. You yeah. said it basically when I'm from New Jersey originally, and in Jersey you'd say growing up, my word is my bond. And yeah. that means that means what I say I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do. And that's what you said. If I tell you I'm gonna do this at three o'clock, it's gonna be done at three o'clock. And that's powerful to build trust and people like you and when they can rely on you and trust you and know that you might not always tell them what they want to hear but you tell them what they need to hear and you have their best interests in mind man that that's where great relationships could be built yeah i think uh you're upbringing i got a bunch of friends over uh, in new york and, and new jersey and westchester and those things big shout out to my boy caputo um i got some great friends over there and i'm coming i come from east london and we 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 grew up even though different different you know sides of the pond we grew up with the same kind of mindset. I remember like as a kid, my mum would send me down to the grocery store with a list of stuff to get. I would get it, put it in the basket, show Patel who owned the, the, the grocery store what I had and then go home without paying. And mum would go down on a Saturday and she would cover up. She'd pay it up. And if she couldn't afford it, she'd go, oh, I can only do it. I'll do the rest next week. That was what we had then, you know? Yeah, and I, yeah, you yeah. know, as a little kid, you know, I'd always sneak a chocolate bar in there and then get told off on Saturday when she found out. But that's what we did. And yeah, yeah. the funny thing was, and I'm sure shit, it's the same in your life. And I definitely, because I know the boys in, in, in your hood. If you're walking down the street in, in London and you haven't kept your word or you, you, you yep. scammed someone or you pulled a fast one, you know, it wasn't that you got a nasty remark on Facebook. You found out they were aggravated by the fact that you just met their knuckles on your nose. Exactly. It was a very easy way to understand, do I have a problem with you or do I not have a problem? And yeah. the trouble is, we've become diluted. We, we're losing the ability to communicate. We're actually scared to wow. communicate now. We're terrified. Wow. Um, and so in which case, we're losing the ability to react and respond, and we're hiding behind all these veils. Hmm. And the bottom line of it is we need to get back to that clarity. We need to get back to that transparency because the worst, well, not the worst, the slowest evolving technology in the world is you and me. Yeah. And we still have two arms, two legs. That ain't going to change for a few hundred years. And we still need to connect. We still need to talk. We're doing a Zoom call now because we need to look in each other's eyes. We need Absolutely. to see how we react. We need to connect. We are pack animals. Wow. And I think people are kind of like trying to kid themselves that we're not. You think you're not? You walk, you walk past the bush and the book rustles. Now you do two things. You either kind of, whoa, what the hell was that? Or you try to run away. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you react because you're a human being. You are an animal. And I think we're trying to give ourselves maybe a little bit too, too much artificial credibility there. Well, you, Steve, man, you said some things that are powerful because, you know, I, yeah, I think we grew up very similar. I hear you talking. I'm laughing. I'm giggling over here because I'm like, wow, that's like my story. Yeah. And, you know, we've gotten soft. The communication's a, a big thing. And I think you being married, as long as you've been married or in relationships, maybe people are listening are married in business relationships. I think a lot of relationships suffer because people can't communicate effectively. And, and I, I get called out all the time because I'm very intentional. I'm very passionate and I'm very intense with people. And I, I, I don't, I don't like to talk about superficial stuff. Like people come up to me and they want to talk about the weather. I don't care about the weather. I want to get deep really quick and I want to invade your life and I want to see how we could create a win-win like you said in the beginning, you know, with, with relationships and relationships have to have value on both sides. And so is this what the Blue Fishing book is all about? So the Blue Fishing book, I'll, uh, um, and I'm not here to pitch. Um, so you just 
you know, do whatever's necessary there, but I'll tell you the story behind the book. Yeah. I actually got approached to do a book revealing the kind of things I did for the, the richest, most powerful people in the world. And, you know, with our neighborhoods, we know full well that if I started naming certain names, I wouldn't even see cocktail hour. So, you know, there was nowhere in the world I could start talking about the kind of people naming names and what they were spending their money on. It was, it was a death yeah. sentence. So I wasn't going to do that. And then I did a speech. I think it was at Joe Polish's Genius Network. And uh, Tony Robbins was there, Dean Graciosi, a whole bunch of people. And uh, in, apparently, and I don't know this, uh, or I can't validate it, but in the audience was someone from Simon Schuster who went back and said, hey, I saw him speak. And I speak on the power of communications, relationships, the ROI of relationships, uh, personal branding. And they went back and they told the powers to be in, in Simon Schuster about this, this speech I did. They got a hold of the video and they contacted me and they went, hey, we're going to change the idea of the book. We don't want you to talk about what you do. We want you to talk about how you do it. And so this now became a way that I could reach out to people and go, hey, if a bricklayer from London is doing this with Elon Musk or Richard Branson, you're already out of excuses. Wow. And so that's how the book came about. And to be completely blunt, I wanted to get my viewpoint across. Um, I wanted to get my stories across to hopefully rattle a few people that they suddenly wake up and they go, hey, I do need to value a relationship. It is a skill set. Talking to someone is an art form uh, that's dying. So I do yeah. need to get it back. Uh, and I thought to myself, maybe it'll sell a hundred copies. Yeah, whoa, maybe it'll sell a thousand copies. And I remember the first month it came out, because again, understand, I was a big deal to a small percentage of billionaires in the planet. You know, I yeah. wasn't, I remember going up to, um, I remember going up to Simon Schuster and they had a, uh, I had to go into a social meeting. And there was this girl there that, I don't know how she was working. She, she looked like, you know, she was, still a year off of puberty. You know, she, she looked like about nine years old there. That's, that's what happens when you're 50. Everyone looks young. And there's this child there in this room. And um, she's like, yeah, we need to work on your social. And she said, do you have Instagram? And I went, uh, yeah, I think I do. Now, bearing in mind, Forbes had just done an eight-page article on me showing me with everyone from Elton John, uh, um, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, a whole bunch of people, okay? An eight-page article in Forbes very few people have ever got an eight page article. Okay. So she's there and she went, Oh, you know, your Instagram. And, and she said, how many followers do you have? And I said, I don't know. I haven't paid attention. She went, you have 16. And I went, yeah, but that's Instagram. That's not really my target market. She said, well, we've got to work on it. And I said, well, hang on before you kind of like get all kind of like, you know, upset about it. Did you see the eight page article that I had in Forbes? And she turned around and she said, now one under 30 reads Forbes. <laughs> And that was it. She just blanked me. And I was like, damn. So it was very funny what they wanted you to do. So when the, when the book came out, first month, I think we sold like 400 copies. And I thought, that's not bad, because I was hoping I was going to sell 100. And the second month, it was like 500 copies. And I phoned up uh, Simon Schuster, and I said, hey, 900 copies. You know, and they, they paid me quite well to do the book. And uh, I said, is that good? And they went, No don't call us again. And I was like, Oh shit. And then the following month it did 14,000 and then it just hockey sticked from there. And from the book, um, I've been, I've been speaking when I say all over the world. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going out, but we're now middle of April, aren't we? Okay. Yep. And so far I've spoken three times in Vegas, once in San Diego, once in uh, Punta Mita, Mexico, and um, Phuket, Thailand. And I've got um, England, France, uh, Spain, New York. I'm in New York in, the, uh, in, in October. So, you know, I've got like 18 other gigs this year alone. So I'm being thrown all over the places. We're doing courses, podcasts. It's, it's insane how it's yeah. actually taken, taken my life off. I have a few more than 16 Instagram followers now. So I hope she's happy. But um, <laughs> Kind of got the idea she'd never be happy, but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. Wow. I love it, man. It's, I'm super excited. So when did you actually release the book? So the book came about a year and a half ago, about, yeah, about a year and three quarters. Cool. So you released the book, things take off, you're speaking all over. How are the relationships going now with the 1%? 
I mean, have, are, have you continued to flourish those relationships? What do those look like now? So they look the exact same as they always did because I paid attention to them. Um, I'm a great believer in, uh, and one of my, um, there's two things I want to bring up. One of my speeches I did a little while ago, I came on and I spent the first two minutes talking about the growth of a sequoia tree. And you got all these people at you and it was a mortgage convention. They're looking at you and I'm talking about sequoia trees and sequoia trees grow over a certain period of years and they grow up to be the largest trees. In fact, they're so large, they even have holes built, um, cut in the bottom of them. So a bus can drive through. And then I show them a little seed and I say, if I give you this seed, you can, you know, put it in your pocket, put it on your desk, put it in the bin, um, stick it in the ground, you know, and not water it. You can do so many things. There's a 99% chance that seed's going to die. Okay. You can throw some water on it. It's probably going to die. Maybe a bit of feed on there. It's still going to die. You've got to protect it, feed it, prune it, nurture it, you know, look after it from the elements. You've got to pay constant attention to that seed. And then, and only then will its roots get strong enough to start developing into a massive sequoia tree. Wow. That's your relationship. So the guy that meets someone in a pub and goes, Hey, JC, we, we should be mates. Here's my business card. Great, let's chat. And then you don't speak to each other for a year. That's that dead seed. And so I'm a great believer that relationships need to be nurtured. I constantly give myself reminders. I constantly make a note in all of my contacts. When was the last time we spoke? Wow. What did I engage? What was the brevity of the conversation? All of these little notes. And then I can go back in three months time and I go, Johnny, you said you were getting a dog. Did you ever get the dog? And I pray you called it Steve, you know? And joking aside, you've only got to put that little thing in an email or with the, and I know there's people that can't see the video, but I use video text a lot. And Love. I can literally walk past a pet store and go, hey, Johnny, I saw a dog and I remembered you were looking for a dog. There's a real mutt in here. You know, did wow. you get the dog? And they will go, how did you remember about my dog? You know, no, I didn't get the dog. And it shows that you care. And the, here's the funny thing. If I say something nasty about you, okay, a rumor, and that's the problem, let's be blunt, there's haters out there, okay? And as soon as you start getting up on your pedestal, as soon as you start getting some kind of notoriety, you get haters. I get hate mail from people going, how can you put up with those rich people? How can you, you know, go to bed spending their money and, and letting them just play around? <laughs> Please. Um, you know, you get haters. But your thing is, when you build up those roots in a relationship, mm. they become like that sequoia tree that you can drive a bus into it and it's not going to affect your credibility. So you've got to focus on that. In, in the book, and you know, this I apologize, I suppose, is my only plug for the book because it is awesome. Um, <laughs> but in the book, I tell a story about how I planned to uh, meet someone. I wanted to work with Elton John. I ended up working with Elton John for, for still, you know, been eight years now. I wanted to meet the person that could get me into that relationship. Okay. When a relationship is that important for you to start, don't leave it to habit, you know, or chance, should I say? So I planned it. I knew where he was going to be. He went up to the bar. I went up. I walked up next to him and I was, hey, aren't you so-and-so? Oh, I, I read an article on you. That was really interesting. Congratulations. And I struck up a conversation showing that I had heard about him somewhere else. Not the most commonplace. Like if you want to walk up to Brad Pitt and go, oh, Brad Pitt, I love your movies. How many times a day does he get that? Okay. <laughs> but if you walk up to Brad Pitt and go, hey, how are you? I've heard you collect socks. Is that true? You know, that's so abstract yeah. that they may go, yeah, I do. You know? Yeah. So, in my book, I tell a story about how I'd done some research, found out what this guy liked, which wasn't the obvious, and struck up a conversation with him in a bar. You want someone to talk to you? Then start a conversation about something that they love. Because wow. people talk about themselves and what they love very easily. So anyway, we went on. We had a good conversation. We got to connect. We connected over the next few weeks. Uh, I approached the subject about the introduction. And I got the contract. And this is all in my book. So when the book came out, you know, I, I bought like 20 copies and I sent it to certain people. And this guy I hadn't sent it to, and I don't know why, but he had got hold of the book and he read it and he contacted me. And he went, Steve, I have to have a chat with you. And I was like, hey, what's going on? He said, I read your book. I said, well, 
congratulations, thank you very much. So did my mum, you know, but, you know, what did you think of it? <laughs> and he said, there was a bit in there about where you walked up to the bar and started this conversation. He went on, he went, was that me? Did you target me? And I said to him, 100%. I said, because I felt that there would be so much value in a relationship. Wow. I wasn't going to leave it to chance. Is that okay? Wow. And he was like, uh, I said, do we have value in the relationship? Mm. And I said, do we have a relationship? He was like, that was pretty cool. And the funny thing is, wow. I've heard him tell the story wow. that he's the guy in the book at cocktail parties. And so he's actually boasted about, yeah, yeah, that was me in the book. You might have read about, yeah, that was me. He, he, he targeted me. So if you want to have a good relationship, and I don't care if it's with someone that's at your local school, a guy, a girl, a business partner, or Elon bloody Musk, Bring value to every relationship if you have any hope in hell of having a relationship. Wow, man, that's powerful. You said so many things right there that could absolutely change somebody's situation, their life right now in business, in a relationship. And it, it, you made me think of something. I have in my phone, I haven't been married as long as you. I've been married 10 years, but I have in my phone a reminder every single day and it just says, love on your wife, show your yeah. wife love. And, P and I show this to people over, over the years. And somebody said to me one time, well, well, do you really love your wife? You have to remind yourself to, to, to like text her. And I said, whoa, 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 I'm, I'm a busy man. It's not that I have to remind myself. It's yeah. that I don't want to forget to invest in the most important relationship. And I think what you oh, said yeah. is so powerful. I mean, you put notes in your phone. You're being intentional with relationships, doing video text messages. I'm stealing that, bro. I'm using that. That's powerful. That's well, amazing. Literally one of the things that makes me laugh, and I actually spoke about um, uh, booking time with your wife. Here's the thing that annoys me. If you look at your calendar, you've booked an appointment with your accountant and your attorney, and no one wants to see an accountant, let's be honest. <laughs> but you book these appointments. You book, an, you book an appointment to go and have your tooth removed and to have your blood test and you know, get your wax in and all this stuff. You book appointments with people that aren't important in your life or that are doing things to you that you don't want to be done. You're telling me you're not going to value your partner enough to book time with them? Yeah. You know, you've got to literally book a lunch, book a coffee. Because you're right, the busier you get, sadly, yeah. those you love the most get left out. Bring yeah. them in. Show them that I value you. I want to book lunch with you. Me and my wife, we literally sit down and we go, hey, how are you for next week? Well, I got there. Hey, can I have coffee with you at 11 o'clock? And it seems silly, but then we will just get the dogs, go for a walk, pull up, have our coffee. You know, we book time with each other because it's that important. And you're sowing the seed, like you said, but if you sow it and you do nothing with it, you shouldn't expect to reap a harvest. You, I mean, you're watering yep. it. You're nurturing it. Yep, Man, yep. that's... Steve, you said so many powerful things there. So let, let me ask you this. I know that the, the listeners and the viewers are obviously wondering this question. We all are. What are the other ways that you, Steve, have connected with some of the biggest names, billionaires, influencers all around the world? You gave us one. You said, hey, basically, if you want to get to know somebody, learn a deeper fact, not a superficial fact about them. Figure out how you can strategically meet them and mm -hmm. bring up something that they value. What do people value? People love to talk about themselves and what they love. So yep. what else, what else, let us in. Give us one or two more tricks. What are, sure. what are one or two more tricks that you use to connect or you, you have used to connect with all of these big-time players? So anyone that you want to get, and I don't even care if it's your local you know, attorney, realtor, anyone, I, I, want, I want to break this down. You know, you, we've already named a few names of the people that I deal with, Okay. Everything I do with them is the same thing I do with it when I'm trying to find a local contractor or someone to work with in my local neighborhood. So the, the, the way the structure is done is the exact same with everyone. So don't uh, over pedestal it. You know, don't worry about that. If you want to meet someone, Google them. Okay. And then here's, here's the daft thing. Go to images. Don't look at the Facebooks. Don't look at the websites because let's be serious. We only put on a website what we want you to see. Yeah. Okay. Go on to images and there'll be pictures on there. Now, if all of the people, if all of the pictures have, for argument's sake, a picture of a horse, 
you can be pretty assured that the person you're trying to target is an equestrian fan. Then yeah. what you do is you go and get a mug, okay, a bloody four ninety nine mug with a picture of a horse on it, and you put it in a little box, and you get some uh, Christmas package or some birthday package in. You wrap that thing up, okay? You handwrite the address on it. Handwriting is always important. And you have it sent to whoever you're going to connect with, okay? The gatekeeper, the PA, the assistant gets it and goes, well, hang on a minute. This is personal. Puts it directly on their desk. They open it up because, let's be serious, getting a parcel that's gift-wrapped, everyone likes those. They, they, they say that everyone likes getting Amazon boxes because Amazon boxes remind you of when you were a kid and you got Christmas presents. Hey, wow. All right? And they always say that um, writing on the envelope, the only, the only envelopes you used to get that had writing on them were birthday cards and Christmas cards and invites and things like that. So again, it's that it's subconscious, oh, what's this? If it's typed, it's a bill. If it's got a little window, you're guaranteed it's a bill. So <laughs> yeah. all, even if the inside letter is, is typed with just your signature, write on the envelope, okay? If you're going to send someone a parcel, then actually either use brown paper, you know, like butcher's paper, or even some old Christmas deco- uh, paper on it or something. Make it a bit fun. Pink unicorns or whatever. And then when they get it, they open it up. And the good thing is, and here's the question for you, how many fingers does it take to delete an email? One. Just okay. one. How many fingers does it take to open up a parcel? All of them, okay? The bottom line of it is you are fully engaged when you're opening that parcel. You've got the feel Mm. of the paper. You've got the sound. You've got the excitement of you ripping it open. You've got the anticipation. You open up the top. A mug comes out, and in the mug is a little letter in there saying, I would love to chat with you on how I can benefit your charity. I'd love to see how we could work together on doing this. And it's the way you enter the room that's imperative. Anyone can get that foot in the door now, but you've got to turn up with such a style that they don't want you to leave. Wow. So, and, and they didn't just open a mug. Uh, just take a step back. They opened a mug with a horse on it because you researched them on Google and yep. you saw they like horses. Man, that's powerful, Steve. Man, it, you are given so many gems right now. And, it, you know, you, you don't know much about the nonprofit we run. It's called Fit First Responders. But so much what you're saying, I, not all of it, but I've used strategies and techniques to get into an industry that I was never a part of. And people ask me now, we've grown it to 78 different agencies. It's a national recognizable brand. People say, how did you ever make that happen? I did things like you're talking about. I sent special gifts. I researched who the decision maker was. And, and I didn't give up after if they didn't respond after the first time. Sometimes it took me two, three, four times. Yeah. I made little videos, put them on flash drives. I figured out what they liked, what they enjoyed, what their favorite cigar was, where they liked to shop, did the research. And all of a sudden, they got something. They felt value. They felt appreciated. They felt this guy spend time. And it just opened up a conversation to have them on a podcast or to meet in person. And all of a sudden, it became a relationship that propelled us to make a greater contribution impact in what we love to do. And that's help people win. So I know the power behind this. And I know if you're listening right now and you want to take your business to the next level, you want to take a relationship to the next level, you want something that you don't have in life. The greatest currency in life to me, Steve, is relationships. Oh, it's all that matters. It's, it's all that matters. Everything else can rot, fall over and die. Without a relationship, you're on your own. And no, no one did anything great on their own. Man, you're dropping so many gems. So let's do this. I mean, we could spend all day talking about this. Obviously, they can go get your book and I'm plugging you now so you don't have to plug your book because you, you said it's awesome and we believe it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so do this really quick for us. What, what, what other avenues do you have going on besides the book and your speaking? Do you coach? Do you consult? What else do you do besides the actual book and public speaking? Well, in the luxury field, you know, with the concierge firm, that was like 20 years plus before yep. the actual book came out. So in that, I'd always done a lot of branding and marketing and coaching for major luxury brands, automotive, jewelry, apparel. So when the book came out, I've ended up coaching and working with a lot of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and small brands. So that's been really interesting. Um, I do a lot of videos on stevedsims.com and within the Sims Distillery. 
um, which is my own little uh, video blog and course. But um, I do speakeasy events as well, where I actually bring in some of my very interesting friends to answer events and, and questions. And I actually did, uh, did one recently as well, but they're never more than 40 people. And I also try to put my, my, my speakeasy community in, and that's, that's my personal group, um, I put them in situations that were a little bit more challenging. In fact, two days ago, uh, three days ago, actually, to be accurate, I took uh, 32 of them to a maximum security jail in uh, Kern, just outside of Los Angeles. And they spoke with gang members, lifers, and really got a perspective of the mistakes that we had. Because again, we talk about our growing up, and I know for a fact in my life, I could, have, I could have stayed in that wrong room for too long and got, got in with the wrong crowd. And before you knew it, be where they are. So quite often, uh, it's not always bad people that do bad things. It may be a bad situation, a bad circumstance, a bad decision can actually be uh, affecting you on the long term. So I like to do things that educate people, have them grow, train them how to get back to the raw root of communication and building up value. And that's, that's what I'm really enjoying. So I'm, I've been spending billionaires' money, giving them really cool cocktail stories for years. Now I'm teaching people how to make their own money and to, to grow it and to be able to utilize it in the best way they can. Man, it's super exciting. That's awesome. And so uh, let, let's, let's stay there just for a minute. I, I, we, could, we could stay here all day and talk, but I, I, want, I want you to answer this. You, know, you, you said you're helping other people build their brands and be their best. And so this is called the Win All Day podcast show. And it's not about winning or losing. That's not what it's about. It's about every day walking out your purpose and your calling. It's about knowing that you were born with a purpose. Like we talked about earlier, how I was able to reawaken that Coach JC inside yep. of me. It's about knowing that you're capable to do all things. And all day, you can sit out to win. And when you lay your head on a pillow at night, you ask yourself the important question, was I the best version of me today? Did I maximize my God-given talents physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in my relationships? Was I the best version of me? And if you could answer that then I feel, man, you, you, you maximize the day. And so here's what we want, Steve. We want to put you in the hot seat just for a couple minutes now mm -hmm. and say, what does Steve Sims do? You're, you're, you're around some of the top influencers. You're making an impact. You're making a great, great contribution. You're speaking on stages. You're selling this book, man. You're on this mission. It's beautiful. And, and we're so grateful for what you're doing in the world. But obviously, if you weren't your best, you can't give your best. Mm -hmm. So what does Steve Sims do on a daily basis physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually in his relationships to make sure that he's his sharpest, that he's his best. Let us in. Uh, I'm a great believer that I have, to, I have to attempt to grow and I have to constantly do it. Now, I, I love the fact that you, you, you call it win all day, but it's not winning or losing. Losing can provide some of the best wins through the education it provides. And you can only do that when you risk, you challenge and you grow. I am fearful that I am in the exact same position today that I will be next week. In fact, Ooh. I'm terrified. It scares the hell out of me. me if too. I don't try something, wow. speak to someone, grow, push, then I'm not going forward. And things that don't go forward become stagnant, stink, and die. So I've got to keep perpetuating, moving, growing, evolving in order to be able to give back. Um, and it, it, quite simply, every time I fall over and cut my knee, I'm able to turn around to someone and go, mind that curb. And so I'm able to kind of like stretch that education out. And you very rarely trip over the same curb twice. So it's a constant growth pattern. Wow, man. I love it. I love it. If you're just tuning in, if you're listening today, man, we are blessed and honored and extremely grateful to have CEO and founder of the Blue Fish, Steve Sims. Called by Forbes magazine, once again, the modern day Wizard of Oz. Steve, you dropped so many gems today for us, man. There's so many things through this little short show on the Win All Day podcast show with you on as our guest that I believe radically could change somebody's life in a marriage right now, in a business relationship. Uh, you said something just now. It's just a huge nugget in life. There's so many people every single day that just go through life. They don't take risks. They don't do things that might scare them because of fear or the fear of failure or rejection. And they just live in their own little bubble and they're not growing and the world never gets to experience who they are. And we're talking today about relationships. We're talking today about 
being your best so that you can contribute and give back to the world in a great and effective way. And I, I want to do this as we end the show, Steve, because again, man, I could talk to you all day. I love your accent. You look good on camera. You're beautiful. And you have so many, you have so many great things to say. And I feel like we resonate on a deep level with what you're saying. Um, but here's what I want you to do, man. I want you to talk to the person right now that's listening uh, or watching. And they say, man, something you said today, Steve, resonates with me. JC, I tuned in. I, I, I heard the win all day before. And I don't know why I tuned in today. But I, I know I'm here on purpose. And I know I have a purpose. And you said that winning confession in, in the beginning. Um, but I don't know, I don't know where the next step in life is. I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure it out. I run a business and I want to get it to the next level. My marriage isn't where it wants to be. I just know I want to be more and achieve more. And Steve, you've been able to do some amazing things, man. What would you say, Steve, as we close the win all day podcast show with you as a guest today, what is your last thoughts to that person on the other side of the camera or the audio today that you could leave them with? So when I was about 15, 14, 15 years old, my dad, who was a big, thick Irish set bricklayer, um, we were walking down the road and he was on about his 30th cigarette in like the last 20 minutes. And we're walking down the road and he didn't even look at me, but he pulled, pulled up his arm and his hand laid on my shoulder as we're still walking. So I look up at him. He never made eye contact and he stopped smoking for a second. And he went, son, no one ever drowned by falling in the water. They drowned by staying there. He took his wow. hand off my shoulder, carried on smoking. I stopped. He carried on walking, didn't even turn around. And as I was 14 years old or something, I was thinking to myself, what the bloody hell was that? You know, I had no idea where that came from. We weren't in conversation. Made no sense. Falling water? Where's the water? Is there a puddle? You know, I don't know what's going on. It wasn't until later on that I realized that we have the choice of whether or not we drown or we get up. So I'd leave you with that. Wow, man. What a powerful lesson your dad saw, uh, taught, taught you at a young age. That's powerful. So if you're listening today, it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's not how many times you fall. It's about how many times you get back up. No matter what you're going through today, man, me and Steve are here to tell you, get up. You have a calling on your life. You are here on purpose. You have a purpose. Man, you could reawaken that you that you know you were called to be deep down inside. Man, you tuned in for a purpose today. Uh, Steve, we want to say on behalf of myself and the Win All Day listeners and, and, and our family out there, thank you from the bottom of our heart for, we know you're busy, man. You're making a huge contribution impact, man. You're, you're helping stars. You're helping billionaires, man. You're doing amazing big things. And we just want to say thank you. And we're grateful for you taking the time out of your day to invest in us. And that's what relationship is about. And I don't know what we could do to pay it forward, but we want to put that out there now because we're grateful that you took your time in from the bottom of my heart and all of our listeners. If you are listening today, you have been blessed and honored to hear the man, the myth, the legend, the modern day Wizard of Oz, the founder of Bluefish, Mr. Steve Sims. And that does conclude our win all day podcast show of the day. This is coach JC. Until next time, I do want to remind you that you are here on purpose. You do have a purpose. You were born a winner and now it's your time to go win and win all day.